What's up, you guys? Welcome to the July 1st edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher, getting ready to preview some NBA restart, a little bit of on-off splits with some guys that aren't going to be there, some guys we're not sure may be there, and all that good stuff. It's, uh, yeah, lots to talk about. We have NBA news to talk about, and it's it's July. It's a great month to be great, to, to steal a, a Greg Jennings slash my, my man Ian Hartitz line. Um, yeah, we got we got a lot to talk about. So I did a podcast uh, the other day. I think it's out t- uh, out Wednesday with my friend Davis Maddock. Talked a lot about um, the betting side of stuff. So definitely check that out as well. But today we're going to talk a lot about like the Nets are going to be a big thing to talk about because they're going to be really really thin. Uh, I want to talk some Jazz. Want to talk some Sixers and all that good stuff. But I do want to lead just really quickly on kind of where we're at. Um, just to summarize, if you've kind of been haven't been paying much attention, some of the highlights that we're kind of paying attention to that Adam Silver said last week, and it really comes down to three things that they're gonna get let this thing go, um, which is it's it's horrible. Obviously, the players so much respect for them for going through this and you know giving us something to be happy about. We love we love our basketball, and yeah, I mean we're just so grateful that the NBA players are are doing this. Um, to, just to throw that out there. But it sounds like they're going to need several cases. Uh, Adam Silver said um, a significant spread uh, that ultimately leads us to stopping. So, I mean, we're talking pretty high percentage of players, I would say. Probably double digits uh, percentage. So you're talking, you know, 30, 50-ish, maybe more. Um, And then they're working on possibly increasing testing for Disney employees who are going to be going in and out of the quote-unquote bubble, which makes it not a bubble. Uh, And then also Silver said that uh, a superstar testing positive will not be treated differently. Whereas, you know, LeBron James, if he has COVID-19 compared to Rondo or whoever else, they'll be treated the same. Um, so yeah, uh, that, that's it, it. We talked, I talked a lot about that on the pod with Davis too. So check that out. Just the betting side of that is kind of wild. Um, and then the schedule came out last week too. So uh, mostly six for the seeding games, um, seven, six game slates, Three seven-game slates, um, three fivers, two fours, and a, a two on the opener. So, yeah, I love six seven-game slates. It's going to be like Christmas with the way the, game, the games are being played. Games are four hours apart at the same facility, so that's going to be just so much fun. Um, just gathering the information on how we how we find out players are going to play or not play is going to be a whole new can of worms to open up. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how that goes down. So, yeah, um, again, I don't want to double dip on if you listen to that pod. But uh, let's talk about the Nets here first because they are uh, they are in a really tough spot because DeAndre Jordan tested positive for COVID-19. Spencer Dinwiddie has symptoms, and he tested positive as well. So all the best to him. Hope he's feeling better. But, yeah, they're, they're really, really, really thin. Um, and it comes down to, obviously, DeAndre Jordan, the, the easy winner, for fan- and again, I, I know this is fantasy and there's bigger issues, but this is this is the, the fa- this is a fantasy podcast. So, uh, yeah, Jared Allen's going to have to play a lot, and his minutes were really starting to dwindle before we hit the pause. Uh, he was at just 21.6 minutes per game after the All-Star break. He didn't hit the 30-minute mark in any game since January 26. We saw him you know, lose minutes all over the place. There was that stretch where he was barely playing in the fourth quarter. So he is going to have to play significant minutes now. 
Um, the Nets are, are really in trouble. Um, Jock Vaughn, who took over, if you missed it, back uh, before the NBA shut down, he says, you know, they were, they're obviously going. And they never, that never uh, gave, they never th- really thought about that. And then also, additionally, there's nobody else on top of who has already been reported that has COVID-19, so that's good. So Jared Allen's going to be a guy that's going to play a little bit more. And then after that, um, you know, we'll see what they do if they add anybody. But we saw a little bit of the... Um, small ball front court, and Wilson Chandler, I forgot to mention, he's also not going too. So their front court is just decimated. So they're going to have to play more Tareen Prince and puts Rodion Roots in the rotation. When Jared Allen's not on the floor, if they don't add anybody else, that'll probably be a 4-5 combo. We'll see some courts at the 5. Uh, Wilson Chandler played a little bit of 5. That's obviously not an option either. So again, uh, Roots is going to be a guy that really plays you know, probably 23, 24 minutes. He's low usage, doesn't really produce much stats. So you're pretty much going to... He'll play garbage time, too. The Nets aren't very good. Um, again, with they, they're really weak interior defense anyways. So it's going to be just like, oh, whoever plays the Nets, you know, play the center. It's going to be kind of the move. Uh, Jared Allen, as much as I love him, great shot blocker, but he is vulnerable to giving up big stat lines to guys. Uh, and he was kind of on thin ice with Atkinson. We'll see if Jacques Vaughn kind of gives him a little more leash. Well, he has to give him more leash. Um, and then, yeah, um, we don't know. Again, Spencer Dinwiddie, it's, it he's, sounds like he's going to travel. I'm recording this just after Jacques Vaughn had a presser. So it sounds like he's going to go. But if he doesn't, uh, there's really two takeaways, or three, I guess, three takeaways here. Um, one is Karis LeVert has just been ridiculously good when he doesn't have Spencer Dinwiddie or Kyrie Irving next to him. Per 36, over a 327-minute sample, he's 32-6-6. Six six. Uh, again, just massive stats. We saw him, you know, one of the hottest players in the league before the NBA hit the pause button for a solid month. What was it, the, the Raptors game? And, you know, he had a good, it was a good, like, 15-ish game sample of him just going nuts on people. Uh, statistically, he wasn't very efficient. The steals were back up. Everything with Avert was really getting hot. Um, then the other part of this is uh, a guy who I, I pimped a bit in the preseason when he was with the Wizards, uh, Chris Chioza. He was actually playing pretty well, um, and he's he's been productive too. When he when he doesn't have Spence and Kyrie with Lavert, he's nineteen seven and six per thirty six. Just like a seventy five ish minute sample. I think it was seventy three to be exact. So he's a guy to look at. Um, Vaughn had also said that Tyler Johnson isn't quite up to speed yet. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye, on, an eye on. So I would think Chioza is the guy that I'll be looking to if I want to play DFS or season long, if you want to, you know, I'm sorry, like postseason, season long style if you play in those leagues. So keep an eye on Chioza. Uh, again, this team's going to need offense. I mean, all these guys are just, besides Levert, I mean, there's really, I mean, Joe Harris shoots a little bit. These guys aren't high usage players. So there's going to be shots to be had by a lot of people. And, you know, when that's the case, if you're a point guard, that's a position you're going to want to keep an eye on. Um, and, yeah, the, the Nets are, you know, they, they, I think they kind of know that things are, are not well. Um, don't forget, Nick Claxton also had shoulder surgery. He's out. He would have been really fun. Uh, I was rooting for him. And this is even before the DeAndre Jordan news. So, I mean, Jared Allen probably has to play all eight now uh, of the seeding games. They may want to sit him out in the back-to-back. We'll see. But... You know, upping his minutes if they do want to make a chance, uh, make a charge at the postseason. Um, yeah, he has to play huge minutes. So a guy that we're going to have to really look at. Um, and he has put he he has it in him. He played 35 plus minutes four times. So it's not like a guy. You know, you know, we see sometimes big guys. We thought this was kind of true with Montrezl Harrell. We saw 
Doc Rivers kind of say, you know, Harrell kind of tops out here. That wasn't the case this year. We saw Harrell's minutes really increase. So he has it in him, obviously. So we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm a big Jared Allen guy. Uh, Tyler Johnson, just quickly, and Justin Anderson as well. I'm not really too into it. I think Tyler Johnson's definitely a guy we're going to have to look at because if Spencer's not playing, then that puts him in the rotation. Um, somewhat productive at times. Obviously, hasn't really worked out. Uh, he got paid, so props to him for getting the bag. But he has something to play for. Um, we'll see if, if he could kind of maybe show he still has a little left in the tank. But uh, if I'm picking between Chioza or Tyler Johnson, I'm definitely taking Chioza right here. Uh, and we'll see if anything changes with that one. Uh, so just before I hopped on, let's talk some Sixers really quick. Um, ben Simmons is good to go. And one thing I'm really fascinated to see, don't forget, Shake Milton was probably, if it's not Lavert, guys who you know weren't really... Lavert was pretty bad, to be honest, before his thumb injury. And then took a while to get hot. Obviously, Kyrie going down. But same thing with Shake. Uh, Shake was kind of quiet. Ben goes down, hurts his back, and then Shake Milton. Everyone remembers the Clippers game when it was national TV. It's like, oh, everyone found out who Shake Milton was. So that's something to keep an eye on. And the splits with him and Ben are kind of interesting. So if you look at just Shake and Ben together, they have a minus 4.4 net rating in 223 minutes. That's not good. Uh, Shake without Ben is plus 6.1. Ben without Shake is plus 3.1. Um, and they played um, they played pretty fast together too, so that's something to keep an eye on. So yeah, um, they're gonna probably not want to start Shake, I would think, but I think I still think he'll find ways to get minutes. Maybe sub in for Al Horford earlier, go small there, and then move in, move around that way. Uh, and it's also worth noting that Shake and uh, Embiid without Ben in 108 minutes was plus 18.6 small sample, but that's pretty eye popping. And Shake Embiid and Ben. In a 113-minute sample, they were minus 13.7. So, yeah, the, the Shake-Ben stuff is, again, not the biggest samples here. But um, we know Ben is one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA. He's a great ball handler, obviously great at the rim. He has his, his warts to his game, but he's obviously a, a superstar player. So they have to figure out how to get him going and get Shake in there. Because, as, I, as I've said previously... I think Shake has clearly made a case that he has risen above the Matisse Thibels and Furkan Korkmaz and these kind of you know six, seven, eight guys in their rotation. So figuring out how to maximize him while still getting the most out of Ben Simmons is going to be interesting to see. It's something that probably uh, Brett Brown will try to explore. Uh, he had noted, by the way, that they're they're pretty much good to go. Nobody had tested positive for Philly, so that's good for them. Um, but yeah, I, I can't wait to see how the Shake Milton Ben Simmons is probably one of the top three or four storylines, at least from a fantasy perspective, that I'm looking into. And then also, you would think Al Horford maybe loses minutes. We've seen the Al Horford Embiid thing, you know, kind of have issues at times. Uh, 76ers Twitter will tell you all about it. And obviously, the if they are the sixth seed, that's interesting to see because they won't play the Bucks until the finals. So is that kind of where they want to be? I'm sure that's where the uh, the Bucks want to be. I mean, pretty much most people believe that if anyone's going to knock the Bucks off, it's going to be the Sixers with their size and how they have people that could guard Giannis, um, which we've seen Horford guard Giannis pretty well. Um, so he'll be kind of using that role, I think. But prior to that, you're probably going to want to shy away from using Al Horford, which we kind of know. If Embiid rests, obviously, he's going to probably rest at least a couple in the seeding games. Um, you're going to be playing Al Horford in that ish, in that instance. 
Um, again, his his splits are like almost literally double um, per 36 with and without Embiid. Okay, so let's move on to another team. Uh, we had Mike D'Antoni talk a little bit today. Um, basically, it sounds like they're good to go. Um, you know, there was some buzz, a little little mild concern on some of their players, but they're going to go small um, pretty much all day, every day. You know, it's just Tyson Chandler, Hartenstein. We talked about him before. He's a, He's gone. Uh, don't, they picked up David Duwaba, but he has Achilles surgery. He's out for a bit. So it's going to be a lot of P.J. Tucker. And I've talked about this on a few pods, but Russell Westbrook in this small ball lineup is just smash city. Um, I think he's going to be really productive, and his minutes are going to go up. But with Harden and Westbrook without a center, without with P.J. Tucker, Westbrook's 29-9-6 on 54% from the field, 62 shooting for Russell Westbrook uh, on 28 usage rate. Um, in that sample, uh, Harden has actually shot terribly, he's, but he's still just massive stats. 32-7-7, steals, 1.2 blocks, uh, 56 true shooting, which is a little bit below average. Average is 30, uh, 57 and change, but considering how many free throws and how many he makes, Harden being you know 4% off 60 um, just shows how many shots he was missing. A lot of that was because his hor- horrendous January. Just couldn't hit shots. You know, he was hanging in the, in the mid twenties on three point percentage. So now obviously Harden is going to be just ridiculously good. He's going to probably play 38, 40 minutes. We've seen him on the the trails in Phoenix, which I, I believe was Lone Butte. I've done that one before. Uh, I, I like to hike, by the way, and uh, proud of myself. I've got a ten day hiking streak. So anybody who wants to motivate themselves and exercise, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, I'll try. I'll see if I could get you motivated. And you know, it feels good to to exercise. Uh, PSA, but yeah, um, Tucker, we know he's not very productive, but Rocco also is going to be, you know, defensive stats, rebounds pretty well, and uh, since they picked up Rocco on the 8th of February, the Harden-Westbrook-Daniel-House-Rocco-Tucker lineup was the most used lineup in the NBA, uh, 146 minutes uh, in 10 games, uh, the Nuggets have a higher per game usage of their top lineup. Uh, in nine games, so if they had played ten, they would have topped Houston. But still, that's pretty crazy that uh, that lineup was the most used right when they picked him up. So um, they're going to use that lineup a lot. Daniel House is in shape, possibly uh, you know a low key guy. They're going to want to play, play fast. Uh, Dan Tony said they're picking up new plays to run for guys to get them, put them in better position. So yeah, you have to really like to see what Harden and Westbrook are going to both do um, that game. Whoever they play. If they do play this fast, and they do play fast, their offense has still been one of the fastest in the NBA. Westbrook plays insanely fast when he's not with Harden. So, yeah, there's going to be, a, you know, the Rockets are going to be one of the most talked about DFS matchups, really, whoever they play in the first round and beyond, if they can get out of the first round, which I think they might. I really like what the Rockets are doing uh, and just abandoning the center position. It's really cool. I, you'd love to see people just take ideas and run with it. But they're going to be um, one of my favorite teams to watch for sure. Um, just quickly, I talked about the Pelicans quite a bit on the last pod, but I just want to bring them up really quick for a different audience. Uh, they have the easiest schedule in the NBA, and their lineup was really, really, really good. The Drew Ball Ingram Zion Favors lineup in 230 minutes is plus 26.3. Among lineups with 100 minutes, there's only one lineup in the entire NBA that is better. That is the CP3. Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Schroeder, Galler, Gallo, excuse me, and Stephen Adams, Funaki, at, at just 177 minutes. So I mean, they're dangerous, man. And I've said this before that if the Pelicans get hot here, and 
you know, they get the playing game and they've they destroyed Memphis in two games. Drew just, you know, took Ja out of the game um, and just put, I think he put 27 per game on him um, with a, yeah, like 30, he had like a 36 pointer and an, almost a 20 pointer, something along those lines. But yeah, Drew's really good. Don't forget how good Lonzo was before his last five. Uh, before we hit the pause button, it was 21, 8, and 8, 2.2 steals on 69 true shooting. He was just absurdly good. Um, so, yeah, I think there's something to see there. Uh, don't forget Justice Winslow, too, for the Grizzlies. How's that going to work? Does Kyle Anderson go out of the rotation? Um, do they play bigger? Do they play, you know, stagger him with Ja? We saw Justice Winslow play a lot of point guard when Miami was missing so many point guards two seasons ago, back in the 2018-19 season. Um, yeah, how, how healthy is he? He's not going to play many, many minutes. Does he take minutes from Dylan Brooks? Does he take minutes from DeAnthony Melton? Probably yes on both. But, yeah, um, we'll see what happens with that. I don't really think that John Morant's going to be affected, who is starting to play pretty well again. Really excellent shot selection from John Morant. Did a deep dive on him if you want to check that column out, too. But, yeah, um, I, I think the Grizzlies are going to be kind of in trouble here just because I, I'm a firm Pelicans stan uh, through and through. Uh, moving on to another team. Don't for, a lot of people may forget that Boyan Bogdanovich is out. Um, that's super valuable, man. Um, they really need him for spacing. And don't forget, I mean, Boyan, he had some really, really good defensive games against LeBron when LeBron was with the Cavs. Um, you know, he you know pretty much won him a game um, when when they played against them. So the, definitely, the the Boyan news is you know something that could change the landscape of team. I'm I'm usually pro Utah. Uh, I like how they play, and I, I think they have enough defense to kind of, you know, let them take on some... You know, there's going to be ups and downs offensively in Orlando, right? I mean, all these guys are so rusty. You see every day someone saying, like, oh, I didn't play basketball my normal way for two months. And anybody who's played basketball for a while, you take a couple months off, and your shot is, is jacked, uh, jacked up. So um, that's going to be a whole new thing. But it was kind of... I, looked, I dug in a little bit, and it was kind of interesting to see that uh, there's some splits that give the Jazz some hope. So Donnie Mitch, Conley, Gobert without Boyan, um, that is plus 8.0. Um, so that's kind of fascinating to me. Uh, Jingles, Donnie, Conley, and Gobert together without Boyan is plus 11.6. So that's a really good one. Um, and then also, don't forget, Jordan Clarkson was one of the hottest. I got to talk about all these hot players, but Clarkson was insanely good offensively. Uh, in the last 15, when he was on the court, they had a 120.3 offensive rating. Uh, he was scoring 16.3 points per game, 25 DFS points per game, 62.3 true shooting on 25 usage rate over that 15-game span. And, I mean, he was just unbelievably good. Uh, I do not like – I am not a Jordan Clarkson guy, but the way he was playing is big. They're going to have to use him now uh, more often. Obviously, he'll be coming off the bench because he fits better in that role. But and you would just you know start jingles Royce O'Neal as, as well Royce O'Neal is really really low usage so it's not a guy you're really going to be too pumped to play but uh, jingles I think could be a pretty big winner um, he's going to have to probably play you know at least thirty three ish so he's a guy that we're going to be looking at uh, and Donnie also I could see his usage going up um, Gobert also he'll play a ton of minutes we've seen Gobert can play big minutes as well so uh, but yeah the Clarkson factor. I think could really help offset losing Boyan. Um, but yeah, we'll see who they play in the first round and how they handle the restart. But Utah, um, you know, I don't really feel as good about them losing Boyan for what they would really need. I mean, you play against the Western Conference. There's so many 
high usage, highly efficient offensive players uh, that they're going to probably have to go up against in the first round. So uh, losing one of your best defensive weapons is a big loss. Let's move on to Boston. We had some Brad Stevens presser zoom action this morning. Uh, Again, since Marcus Smart tested positive, sounds like they're in the clear from the COVID-19 outbreak. So that's good to see. Uh, Kemba Walker also said he is ready to go. So that's great also. I'm a little nervous. Talked about this in detail on with Davis. I just don't know. Kemba having a wear and tear issue and not being able to rehab properly. Little bit worried about that. And we'll see how he responds to... He's going to have to have a plan, I think. Because he still wasn't right uh, when the NBA hit pause. When he missed 6 to 10 games, I believe. So uh, that could give Marcus Smart more minutes. You know, obviously that helps usage for other guys. Jason Tatum was just ridiculously good over that span. You know, he's technically the reigning player of the month after all this time. Uh, I still think Jason Tatum, I, I could see him getting even bigger usage. I can think, I think of Brad Stevens, you know, in the laboratory plotting up new, new plays to draw for Tatum and just letting him go. Um, just Jason Tatum's growth as a jump shooter beyond the three-point line especially, has really just made him such a superstar player eventually. Um, he's, there's a question on Twitter, how many players are superstars? You know, Probably like, what, six, seven? You know, the guys you're taking in the first round, obviously. Um, although LeBron, I don't really take him, but yeah. Um, he's, he's kind of in that next tier, I feel like. Uh, and then my president, Jalen Brown, um, he's played great with Kemba, so Kemba... Could be uh, could help Jalen as well. Uh, Daniel Thice was playing extremely well, so we'll see how he fits. He'll be extremely important, especially if they find a way to go up against the Sixers in the first round, which I'm, I bet I don't think anybody wants to play the Sixers. Um, they're kind of a, a a mystery box, is one of my favorite sayings. Um, I'll steal uh, my guy David Lake Sanity. Um, he said that they're either going to get basically run off the floor, or they're going to smash. I kind of agree. Um, that's kind of been their whole, and you know, they don't have to go on the road. That's, I guess, we'll see how that works for them. Not having a home court advantage, we'll see if they can respond to that. But um, yeah, um, Boston again. This I, I don't. I talked about this on the last, but I don't want to talk too much about it. I'm not. I don't feel too great about Boston, uh, just to put it that way. I could be wrong. Um, again, maybe Tatum comes through and just is is the becomes a superstar. Maybe we're talking about Jason Tatum as, as the guy that already was you know came to Orlando and stole the show. Uh, it's certainly a, a possible outcome for him. Also had some Dallas news today. Um, Rick Carlisle saying they're going to go a little bit smaller than usual, which isn't too surprising, not having Willie Cauley-Stein, Trey Burke there. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, you know, Chris S. Porzingis is playing pretty well. Uh, we'll see how Luca fits in through all this with you know traveling and I think it's kind of a good thing. I mentioned this, I think, three or four pods ago that Luca having time off could help. Uh, he came out gangbusters to start the season, had the injury in December, and was never really, at least from an efficiency standpoint, like he was missing more shots than he was normally making, which is interesting because his shot selection, I checked this out, checked the, check out the deep dive. Uh, his shot selection, he basically eradicated mid range. Uh, I think of his last 20 games, he had a mid range make. In just two of those. Uh, so it was all at the rim. Massive, massive drive numbers um, per minute. He was driving pretty much just as much as Russell Westbrook is. Um, you know, dishing more off those shots. He His efficiency on drives had also dropped, 
which was part of the reason for the efficiency drop and going from basically a top six-ish fantasy player in season long to more of a mid-ish rounder. Uh, free throws as well was an issue. So I think time off will help him. You know, young young legs, figure he'll you know kind of hit the ground running. Uh, so I think Luca again, just total ball domination without Trey. Um, it's really him and Harden are, are going to be the, the two high time of possession, high usage rate, high passing, high touch, um, which is what you want. You want the ball in your, your fantasy player's hands. So, yeah, um, I think Luca could definitely um, do some serious damage out in Orlando. Um, curious to see how, um, if they tweak anything at all rotation-wise. And playing smaller with having more shooters around him could be good. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I'm pumped to see the Mavericks. I, I miss watching them. And not too much other news that uh, we didn't already hit either last week or on the pod. I don't want to double dip too much on that. Uh, but camp- campaign, campaign's back um, with the Suns and their 37 backup point guards now. So yeah, that's it's just what are they what are they doing? Um, but yeah, for the Suns, just quickly, Mikel Bridges is going to play like 38 minutes a game. I think. I think they want to get him more involved offensively. Um, obviously, it'll be lower usage. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Cam Johnson had the mono bout when he was, you know, one of the hottest players to pick up in fantasy for season long. He's going to probably come back and maybe get shots. Uh, the Suns, I've said this before, you know, I think they are really excited about, you know, kind of having the national spotlight on them, even though they don't have uh, many national games. But still, I mean, people they're going to be more eyeballs on them because there's not as many games on uh, at one time, you know. So... Uh, I, I love what I'm really excited to these these teams that have like no shot. Um, you know, I think they're going to play young players. It's going to be kind of a summer league style for you know giving guys more minutes and developing them. So I'm really excited for that. Hey, so quick edit in here. I wanted to pop back on because there's some Shake Milton quotes I wanted to just talk about really fast. And Brett Brown kind of confirmed what I was saying earlier that uh, he has quote a chance to play a significant role in the rotation uh, in the playoffs. So. Yeah, he wants to play Shake. Um, he's like this upside he talked about, and being a se- uh, especially as a secondary ball handler. So he's talking about you know playing him next to Ben. So I think Shake's legit. And then the other uh, somewhat interesting piece of news here, just to quickly hit on it, we'll be talking about this in another podcast if it does happen. Uh, Bradley Beal has yet to make a decision about Orlando, which means, my goodness, uh, obviously the Wizards playing so fast, so bad on defense. I mean, Rui Hachimura would be insanely productive. Uh, Shabazz Napier, obviously. Troy Brown Jr. splits without Beal are insanely good. He's someone to keep an eye on. We'll see if Jerome Robinson can get get it going a little bit. Uh, we've seen Gary Payton Jr., or the second, excuse me, be uh, productive with steals and stuff. So that, again, if, if Beal doesn't go, I mean, those eight games of the Wizards will just be, you know, just DFS punt central uh, and a game to target with, you know, a lot of garbage time too. So, cool. And it's just going to be so great to see, you know, information come out and how we can use it. So, like, as I've said multiple times, people who are sharp on figuring out how to get this news and how to use it are going to have such an advantage in DFS. I can't wait to really be more DFS focused. Uh, It's going to be just awesome. So, yeah, um, we'll get out of here on that. So you guys enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy the month. Um, It's going to be a good month, guys. 2020 has not been nice to us. But hopefully good things are coming. So you guys take care.